This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Let me tell you right now, whatever the Lord has declared in His Word, it shall be. It is not dependent on an emotion. It is not dependent on your neighbor. It is not dependent on a government. It is not dependent on a constitution. It is not dependent on a political party. It is not dependent on your job. It is not dependent on your salary. It is not dependent on your degree. It is not dependent on anything. What God said, it will be. No man can curse you. No man can break God's promise over you. No person can speak anything that other what God has already spoken into being. Hallelujah. Because the moment that happens, all you do in your spiritual DNA, you drop down your anchor, and that's where you've anchored. So some of us must go back to where we have dropped our faith and pick it back up and continue. Don't hold on anymore to the negative words of what people are speaking on you, over you, and around you. That was the blessing and God has given you. Amen? Amen? So now I'm going to teach. <laughs> I'll try not to preach. But if I kick into preaching, just say, forgive me, right? <laughs> there are two people in the Bible that I want to talk about today. Abraham and Lot. And all of you know the story of Abraham and Lot. And Abraham and Lot were two people that used war for their survival. In the place of survival. They use wisdom and revelation. If it wasn't for wisdom, Abraham would have never journeyed the way he journeyed. If it wasn't for revelation, he would have not done what he was doing to do because he knew his God more better than he knew himself. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And, and, and all people of earth will be blessed through you. Put your name there. Put your name there because God has given you that declaration. Amen. I said earlier, no person can curse you because if anyone curses you, God's job is to curse, not yours. That's the problem we have today. We anchor in the circumstances and we let people's opinions of us change us, challenge for our steps going forward. But yeah, Abraham decided to do what God told him to do because he had the wisdom of understanding God and he received a revelation. He took God at his word. Tell your neighbor, he took God at his word. Tell your neighbor, he took God at his word. Then in Genesis chapter 19, verse 12, we have Lot. And you know the story of Lot. Two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because you are going to be, are going to destroy this place. And the outcry of the Lord against this people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. Amen. Amen. My message this morning, go right into the scripture because there's a lot to read. 
you all know that the instruction to Lot's wife was not to turn back. Not to turn back. And the instructions was to Lot, go and deal with what you need to deal with and deal with it quick because the wrath of God is going to fall on this place. Was God disconnecting him from a society? But that stage, yes. But in the typographical and the, and the symbolism of what I'm speaking about this morning, God is also speaking to you on some disconnects. Amen? On some disconnects. You see, we got to be, as I spoke yesterday, compassionate, kind to our people, in people that are in having socially challenged issues. But doesn't necessarily mean that you have to anchor there. Lots of people mistakenly when they say, you are known by the company you keep. And ministry doesn't necessarily mean that you have to disconnect from community. You've got to disconnect from the things that they do that doesn't please God. Come on, somebody. You've got to disconnect from the things that they are doing. Love them. Save them. But you have to disconnect from the things that doesn't please God. Many times we give the pastors an um, a, uh, explanation. What I am doing there. No, no, I'm trying to save somebody. Oh, I'm trying to do this. Nothing wrong with saving them. But if you find that their influence is becoming an influence over you, then you must know that God is saying, get out. God is saying, get out. Because I'm coming to destroy what is happening in that circle. I'm coming to destroy and I don't want you to be caught up in the judgment. You see, we don't have to disconnect from people. We're going to love them. We're going to minister to them. But we're going to do so with categorical and clear lifestyles that speaks clearly that we are in wisdom and in revelation. The Bible tells us that Lot went down and he dialogued with his son-in-laws. He dialogued with them because he had two daughters. And those two daughters had boyfriends. They had friends. They went and God said and the angels that came to them and said, disconnect. It's time to go. But I'm giving you a chance to go bring those who are with you. See, sometimes it is your grace that God makes available to others. Come on, somebody. It's a grace that God has given you, and you're not going to deal with it selfishly because you're not going to deal with you. Because sometimes what happens, we start to analyze the person, and then we want to become God in the distribution of grace. Grace is not in the hands of you. You are just a vessel and a vehicle that God will use Come on, somebody. What happens is we go there and we start becoming judgmental. We start saying, hang a second, hang a second. You don't speak like how I speak. You don't talk like how I talk. You're not thinking like, see, the problem, what happens, why people turn back and they don't come into where God wants them to be is because you become the judge, as you heard Pastor Tom say today. We just got to be the vehicle. And let me tell you what happens to you when you become the vehicle. You become the blessing. And you become blessed. Your answers of your questions get answered. And all the provisions that you're waiting for because God says you are a blessing in being a vehicle. So Lot spoke to his son-in-law. What happened? He said, come on, dad, go home. We're coming back later. There's no issues here. I don't know what you're talking about. Go home, go home, go home. I'm coming. I'll see you later. But what did his daughters do? They didn't go back to convince their boyfriends. They looked forward because they understood the wisdom. Come on, somebody. They understood the wisdom. And they moved in Revelation. The Bible said after the father came back, the daughters went forward. But the mother turned back. See, the mother 
turn back. Do not turn back. And she became a pillar of salt. A pillar of salt. You see, the Bible tells us when salt loses its value and loses its taste, it becomes, becomes worthless. The Bible says it gets thrown on the ground and for us to walk on. You know, you make roadways and pathways. And I want to say to you right now, you don't want to become a pillar of something that's worthless. You don't want to become a pillar of something that becomes tasteless. You don't want to become a pillar of something that has no value. And today what happens, Pastor Tom and Pastor Taz, what happens in the world today, a lot of the people in the church have become monuments of salt. Come on, somebody. They become monuments of salt. They are not effective where they live. They are not effective where they stand. They are not effective where they are working. They are not effective in their ministry. Because you know what? They're just a statue. They're just a monument. Taste is not. You design it, you clean it up, whatever it is. But the value and the taste is no longer in that. God is saying right now, we need to move out in an effect of taste. Bible says, taste of me and know that I am good. Come on, somebody. And you are in Christ. People need a taste of you. Every day, you know, come on, you, you don't eat every morning. You don't wake up every morning having the same food. Lunchtime, you have the same food. Dinner, you have the same food. Come on, somebody. We always, like human beings, we like a little bit of variety. You know, even if you have the same basic things, you like to put some variety. And that's what community wants. They just taste you everywhere differently. They want to see that you are, are, not, are not just the same tasteless person. You understand? For doing that, you need to move in revelation and you need to move in wisdom. Come on, somebody. People need to taste you every day. You wake up in the next one. And that's how you get people attracted to you. You see, be back at my office. Why people in the marketplace keep calling me? Because they know when they come to my office for counseling, they know that every time they meet me, there's a new, there's a new output of revelation, or there's a new output of wisdom, and there's a new output. They don't get bored with me. I don't speak the same things. And it's not me speaking. It's God speaking through me. It's God speaking through me. And they know they're going to come to me not because of who I am. They come to me because of who I am connected to. They know that God has got no blockage in the pipe because when God opens the door, they know they come. See, they're not coming to me. They know there's a God in me. They, they, they know there's a word of God in me. You see, when you start speaking your intellect, within time, people get tired of you. Because you know why? In human nature, people don't want to listen to you they want to listen about what is God speaking through you. And let me tell you, people in the world already know when God is not speaking through you. They know when you became a pillar of salt. They know that you're just looking at the shape. They know your name. They know your identity. They know where you stay, but you've lost your taste. Back. you now. The reason why you're becoming a pillar of salt is because you turned back. These girls... Now look at these two guys. They stayed back in their social gatherings. These girls, and I want to encourage you girls, they didn't look back. Now listen to the story. Let's get to the bottom of it. They just lost their mother. They didn't look, they didn't because the instruction was, do not turn back, even if it's your mother. 
Even if it's your boyfriends. Even if it's your girlfriends. Even if it's social media. Even if it's your college, your university. Don't turn back. What happened? Many of you got back doors open. You are in the church, but you got a back door. You're in your relationship, and you got a back door. You got a spare wheel. Some of you got many spare wheels. Come on, somebody. Yeah? Don't tell me it's culture. That's nonsense. There's no such thing. There's only one culture, and that's a God culture. There's only one culture, and there's a Christ culture. There's only one culture, and there's a word culture. There's only one culture. It's called wisdom. There's only one culture. It's called revelation. Don't tell me that's culture. When I come from home, they say, no, it's okay. Um, you from that culture. I don't mention what it is. It's okay. You can have one, two, three, four, five. Nothing wrong with that. It's in our culture. Is it in your Bible? Is it God? See, many of us are moving. Oh, I got quiet on me now. You got quiet on me now? What happened? Did I say something wrong? Did I say something wrong? See, Pastor Tom said, it's not I'm saying it. If God is saying that, deal with it. Come on, somebody. These girls did not even worry about losing their boyfriends. They moved with their father. They just lost their boyfriends. They just lost their mother. They just lost all their friends in college, university. They just lost all their social media accounts. Now watch these two girls, how they move in wisdom and revelation. They then start to dialogue with each other. Hey, war. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 19.32, let's get our father to drink wine and then we'll sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. My God, Pastor Washington. Can you imagine that? In our theology, that's taboo. But in the wisdom and revelation of God, I am not talking about being physically and doing exactly what he's talking about. I said, sometimes our faith's got to be so extreme, our disconnect's got to be so extreme that we must actually know in ourselves that we mean business when God is talking to us. Some of us want to keep the back door open and because we go back and say, we start to water down God's instruction. We start to interpret the way we want to interpret God's instruction through our own information. We start to go to the center of the gardens and pluck something of that tree called academia, called knowledge, okay? And now we leave revelation aside, we leave wisdom aside, and now we want to start to interact. Say, I don't think God meant that. He meant, okay, um, hey, Maybe that guy didn't come, but maybe you could come with us because we need to make a plan somewhere down the road. Can you see how extreme these girls were and dealt with wisdom and revelation that they could not think about their boyfriends, they didn't think about social media, they didn't think about friends, they didn't think about their own. They thought, how do we keep our lineage so that we could make sure that a generation could come and do God things, and do things. You see, let me tell you, sometimes we what we want to try and understand what God is speaking. 
You see, we'd rather be incarcerated. I want you to write this down. We'd rather be incarcerated in our self-imposed religious prisons. Can I say that again? We'd rather be incarcerated in our self-imposed religious and losing our ability in being prophetically relevant in the season we're in. Oh, what is God saying? We don't need to go back and be shackled in ideologies because God speaks in, 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 in ways that are not pleasing and not eek, that are not understandable in man's content and, and mindsets. Come on, somebody. Yeah, these two girls didn't even look back, lost, just lost their mother. They didn't even think about anything else. They just thought about how God is most important and dealing with something. See, church, what am I saying to you today? We need to realize the frequency that we're in. We don't need to, we don't need to start, we don't need to start sanitizing our prophetic instructions. Come on. We don't need to start sanitizing our prophetic instructions. But you, many of you know that God has spoken to you a very sharp word. But you paused. Some of you have paused for five years. Some of you have anchored for ten years. And if you have not even moved in the prophetic move of God in the now, God will never align you back. Not because God won't speak to you prophetically again, because you're not, you know more in the same frequency. Yeah, God came and spoken to Lot to act swiftly. Church, I want to say to you, this conference is being proposed and presented for one thing and one thing only. It's not to fill a calendar. It's to get you to come to a place where God wants to use you in the prophetic realm. God wants to position you in a frequency that you've never... I mean, you can't be going in year in and year in and year out to say, you know what, God, I need your move. Oh, God, I need your move. Oh, God, use me, use me. When God wants to use you, you want to negotiate. Come on, somebody. When God wants to use you, you want to negotiate. No, but God, you know what? I, I've been moving with this friend for a long time now. Disconnect. When you're finding that a person is a problem for your ministry, don't hold on to somebody and some things. Wisdom and Come on, somebody. Eh? It needs you to be swift. In a time of war, where there's wisdom and revelation, the enemy also knows how to move and play chess with you. For wisdom and revelation positions you to do the things and responses to the circumstances that are pleasing to God, church. And our gifts can be corporately aligned. So our gifts can be corporately aligned. And sometimes when the man of God is preaching, we want to say, we want to sanitize that charismatic word. Come on, somebody. Preach it, pastor. Stand up and clap and do what we want to do. But it is not easy to action on it. It's easy to emotionally, it's easy to emotionally signal to somebody that you caught a word. But to act on that word, it's very hard. Because that, hard, that word means you need to act.
That word means you have to disconnect with some friends. That word means you have to disconnect with some actions. That word means that you have to disconnect from some, some habits. You see, we want to negotiate with the prophetic. Then that's not wisdom. And that's not from intelligence to wisdom. You came to this conference because you want a paradigm shift from knowledge, academia, to wisdom. And you came to this conference to move in an absolute different frequency into revelation. See, that's all because God wants to take you to become relevant. Revelation is for you to become relevant in the time such as this. All of us are waiting for a government to make a change. Why? The Bible says, for the government shall rest on your shoulders, on his shoulders. Who are the shoulders? Come on, somebody. We are his. We are the one that carries the cross. We are the one that carries the message of the cross. We are the one that carries the message of heaven. As Pastor Tom said this morning, if heaven comes down as a light and to touch you, all disease will go. And I want to say to you today, moving and shifting in the relevance of where we are. I want to say, let us motivate each other so that we know, like Lot did, they discussed a socially and morally conflicting plan. Hallelujah. They discussed a dialogue and have a strategy how to, how to move in the prophetic. See, Abraham, if he didn't have the wisdom of God, he would have never positioned his son to say, me and the son are going to worship. See, church, if he told the wife, I'm going to kill the, kill the son, she would have rebelled. Sometimes, and I get me, get me, please, 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 listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't listen to your wives. Even if they give you the look. Pastor Tess, she asked me, I must just uh, train a little bit of how to do the look. I said, we'll do that when we go to the retreat. So when you see something's happening next week differently, you must know I'm the problem. I taught her how to give you that look. You see, church, sometimes we got to be, we got to be absolutely Swift. I'm not saying be rebellious in your relationships. Abraham used wisdom. Who is God? See, revelation brings you to the knowledge of who the Father is. That's why I started with Kayleen singing over you the blessing because Father God is not a God with a stick, He's a God of grace. But you can't use this grace recklessly. Otherwise, it will become a disgrace of the church. We've got to use this grace in accordance with wisdom and revelation. So in the wisdom of Abraham, he said to the wife, me and the boy are going to worship. Because he knew his wife will have a socially conflicting yeah, conversation that will pull him back. 
Sometimes you guys got to have some backbone. <laughs> and make things. Sometimes you just got to leap in faith. If you got it walked out, then you don't need God. But let me tell you, ministry is a journey of faith. My wife and I met each other in the church. And when we stepped out some 33 years ago, we married now 31, and we've known each other for three years. We live, Pastor Tom, in a small makeshift house. You walk from the bedroom, you're in the lounge, like that, one step. You take the next step, you're in the kitchen. And you take the next step, you're in the toilet. So don't tell me you live in a small place and you can't see God still move. Some of you want to negotiate with God, but you don't want to move swiftly. And your language is not a God language. You want God to come down and negotiate with your language. These girls dialogued with each other and said, Hey, what just happened? We can't turn back. We've lost everything. We're going forward. I sense that in the wisdom of God came and saved us in this time. If you are still breathing in Zimbabwe and you're still living and you have a heartbeat, that means God's got a plan for you. If you still have a heartbeat and you're still breathing, even past the two years of COVID, you are in God's plan. But God doesn't want you to exist here and have in fear. Why would God want you to exist after you survived and still surviving and you still want to live in fear? That's not God. Step in faith. Step in faith. Because you have a wisdom and a revelation of what lies ahead. These two girls knew the plot. They knew their God. Their boyfriends just dumped them. They didn't judge their God by the mindsets of their boyfriends. Some of you do that. Some of you bring your God down to the level of your friends. No, but God, she's okay. She's okay. Just talk to her a little bit more. She'll come right. Talk to God a little bit more. I'm telling you right now, you need to start moving in some disconnects. If you want to move, see, if you want to remain a churchgoer, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. If you want God to use you, and they knew what was happening in front. If it was socially acceptable and morally acceptable in those days, how it was to God. How many of you, can you imagine how our mindsets have been so accustomed to the world system that we can't think like how God will think anymore. But we talk about a heavenly destination, but we want to stay here and we want us to become. They say, we are so, come on somebody. You can't talk about a heavenly destination and don't know the linguistics of heaven. You got to know the linguistics of heaven to talk about. That's what the Bible says. Let your kingdom come here and let your will, let your will be done, not my will. And sometimes God's will for you and for many of you are a disconnect. Pastor Tom, 
apostolic, cutting edge, prophetic edge, and come and negotiate because why? He must now apply grace. Let me tell you, many of you got grace bandits. When you look at yourself in the mirror, got a scar here, somebody put a bandaid. And you look, you look like a mummy. Bandage from head to top. Because you want God to keep coming and having wound care. I'm wounded, put a bandage. I'm wounded. It's all about you. Where's the time for the lost? Where's the time that God has given you courage and brought you out of your yesterday? so that you can move into your tomorrow. But you keep talking about your yesterday in your today and you can't go into your tomorrow. Forget what happened yesterday because whatever you can talk about today cannot change yesterday. But what you can talk about today can take you to your tomorrow. That's the problem. We always want to anchor in our todays talking about our tomorrows. You go into a counseling session, Pastor Tom, Pastor Taz, Pastor Leslie, you know why I cannot forgive this man? Because the day at my marriage, he told me where to throw the bouquet. You are holding 20 years old stories. You've carried it like a baggage. 20 years in your marriage. And now you want the man of God to deal with something that you are holding? Some of us are moving in our marriages and in our relationships of things that have happened so far away, you have no forgiveness within yourself. How do you want God to use you to forgive others? And sometimes the best place to forgive is to first experience forgiveness. You cannot give something that you haven't experienced. And I know, I know sometimes it's hard. It's hard to forgive. When you forgive when it's the hardest, you'll know how to give because you know what it is to experience it and have it the best. The person who forgives, who can't afford to forgive, is the one who has the overflow of peace. Because they're not holding on to any burdens. They're not holding on to any issues. And these people, these two girls didn't hold anything on to their boyfriends. They thought how to move on with a whole new measure. After lunch and break rather, we're going to have Pastor Bonnie. And I want to say to you, don't move into the next session religiously. We're going to bring this conference to a close tomorrow morning. But don't lose today. Today is the decision day. Today means some people have to not... Don't remain becoming a pillar of salt. Some of us in the families, oh, she goes to church, but they know they can't taste you. She goes to church, they know you have no worth. Today we are saying, all that is caused because we are not moving in the sphere of wisdom and revelation. We need to move in war. We need to make war. We need to make the war where we stand. I got one, two, four minutes to go. She's a great timekeeper. <laughs> and I am disciplined with time. And I want to say to you, in the next three minutes, stand with me. As we're about to go to break, 
the choir is going to pray. I want to say to you, church, don't talk. I want to say to you right now, when I was preaching, the Lord dropped certain disconnects. If that is so, raise your hands. I want to pray. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. So much of disconnects. Don't worry about what you put into those relationships. Oh, am I saying something here? Don't worry about what you put into those relationships. You know those relationships are not taking you to the place where God wants you to be. But you want God to come down and negotiate with you. God ain't going to do that. He wants you to think about moving wisdom. He wants you to kill. Kill the things like the sun. It was the only son Abraham had. It was the only son that all his life, him and his wife talked about. How do we have a hair? How do we have a hair? And sometimes we embrace certain things more than we embrace God. And God is saying, I want you to put a knife to it. I want you to kill it. Can you kill that thing that you give it more value? Can you kill the thing that you hold? Can you kill the thing that you hold in your hand phone called the phone? Can you kill that phone time? Can you kill that friend time? Can you kill that social media time? Can you kill the things that you love more than God? It's the only thing that gives you some comfort. God is saying, are you prepared to put that on the altar this morning? Are you prepared to put that on the altar and sacrifice it so that I can take you to the next cutting edge level and move you to the next apostolic anointing and I can move you to say where you can become no longer a pillar of salt but you become no more a monument but you become a person of action that you become a person of relevance that you become a person that God says hey this is my ambassador I have one more minute one more minute can I have a song quickly someone singing hallelujah Koya, sorry Koya, I, I didn't tell you that I needed one but I just sensed that the spirit of God he has done great things I think we did that he has done great things you sang that earlier brother can you do that again? He has done great things. I want you to know. You know why God has done great things? You may not see it, but I want you to see it like those two girls saw. They saw greater things coming. They lost their boyfriends, but they saw greater things coming. Abraham was about to take his son to worship it to God because he saw greater things coming. I want you to say great things, God. I'm doing this disconnect for greater things. I'm doing this for greater things. I'm doing this disconnect for greater things. Come on, somebody. I'm doing it for greater things. I'm doing it for the greater time. I'm doing it for a greater, a greater mission. And a man that he has done great things. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.